What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Okay, I'm Andrea Bennett, and I've been in basically the herding breed since I was probably three or four years old. My grandfather bought me a sheepdog that he had um, sent over from Scotland, I believe. And I remember going to pick him up at the train. And ever since then, I've just had herding dogs. Um, Rather, they were Australian Shepherds, Corgis, Healers, Border Collies, the sheepdogs. Um, I've always just had, I've never really even had, I had a Yorkie once, and that was given to my son. But I've always, and I told him, I said, this dog doesn't look like it belongs on the ranch, but we'll see how we can do. You know, I was always worried about her. But, and then I got into the Australian cattle dogs um, probably in the 1980s, I guess. Wow. Um, I was looking for a dog, and we went at the time I lived in Texas. And there was somebody selling them out of the parking lot. And this poor little dog was in this squirrel cage looking up at me. And I chose him, took him home. And he was one of the best dogs ever. And he was a a healer. And um, actually, just in the last probably four years, have I gotten into the registered Australian cattle dogs. And because I was looking for a good dog and just could not really find one that I liked. Mm-hmm. So I went on the quest of finding, looking at the registered ones, and probably spent about three or four years before I found the ones that I wanted. So that's how I kind of got into into them. We use them on our ranch, so they have a purpose. Well, actually, no. Um, we had my daughter worked at the hospital in Cheyenne and this like because my husband always had Australian shepherds and then I had the cattle dog but anyway his dog was old and finally died and so for Father's Day my daughter brings in this really scrawny skinny Australian cattle dog and she's like here's your Father's Day present they were going to put it down if they didn't find a home for it because it keeps working their horses and stuff. And I said, well, you know, that's kind of what they do. And my daughter's like, well, I know. So I figured you guys could fix her. Well, she ended up, my husband ropes, and she ended up being the best dog. And she would bring the cows, you know, out of the holding pen up the return alley so he could rope and he never had to get off his horse. So he was kind of sold on her then, you know. She took a little bit of training, but once we got her trained, she was the best dog ever. And... Um, after she died, that's when we went looking, and um, most of the the ranchers around us, they kind of have the McNabs or the Kelpies. There's a few that have healers, but they theirs just didn't have that look that I wanted. You could tell that they just, not necessarily bad, but they weren't the, they didn't have the breeding behind them that I wanted. They didn't have that look. They didn't have the head, the body. Mm-hmm. They just looked like backyard breeding dogs and that's 
if I'm in a breed, I was wanting to get into the breeding when I found that it was so hard to find what I was looking for. So mm-hmm. it took some time. Not that their dogs are bad. It's just what, not what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And what was it about the Australian uh, cattle dog compared to the to the other breeds that really sold you on them? I think they they are. I mean, they all have their strengths and weaknesses, but I really like the hardiness of the cattle dog. I mm-hmm. just think they are tough. I mean. You don't want them to get kicked, but they they take a kick it and they just get back. They don't quit. Where I've had Aussies and some of the other ones, if they get a kick, they're done. They leave. They don't go back. Maybe for a week or two. But all the Australian cattle dogs that I've had, they are just they're very courageous. They have they're not and like I said, the ones that I've had because I've had people say that that's not how theirs was, but. Mine have never been, like, neurotic. They've always been very well-behaved. Sometimes they want to think for themselves and not really listen, but if you really get that obedience at the very get-go, you can change their mind, and they will listen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but I think they just have that drive. They just are hardy. Uh, The loyalty, they're just, that's what sells them on on me and I've never had a vicious one like I've heard sometimes they can be I've never ever had a vicious but when I look for a dog I don't care if they have the best pedigree the best confirmation if they don't have a good temperament the other stuff for me doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. all of mine are people loving Mm-hmm. You know, they they love their people. Um, that doesn't mean that if a stranger comes up, they might not, you know, they'll growl, get their hair up, but they're not going to be vicious, mm-hmm. vicious, vicious. Um, they're not going to bite my grandchildren. They're not going to be just where people, they might be afraid to get out of their vehicle, and dogs are a very good judge of character, and I think any one of my dogs would bite somebody if they felt that threat. Um, but they're just good-tempered, good-minded. They, they're not, they listen. They're not out, you know, killing livestock. They're not out killing my cats, chickens, whatever. They're trustworthy pretty much with anything and everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, However, I do think that you have to train them at a very young age yeah. to accept cats, to uh-huh. accept chickens. You know, I think a lot of that is training as well. But right. they got to have the temperament to be trained. They're very independent thinkers. They want to do things the way they want to do them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, when we're out working, I let them do the things they want to. And sometimes, you know, it's kind of like little kids. They have to put their finger somewhere where they're not supposed to and get a mash. Right. <laughs> and they figure it out quickly, you know. Hey, maybe they were telling me not to do that for a good reason. And what I have found is it don't take long for them to learn a lesson. The history that I know of, you know, you read some different things, but, you know, they were originated in Australia. um, And they used the dingo, uh, blue merle, smooth-coated collie. I think that Dalmatian was in there, the Kelpie. 
And anyway, they were originally to drive cattle across, you know, the rugged land of Australia. So both in enclosed areas and in um, the open. So I guess, you know, when they didn't have a whole lot of help to move these cows, the next best thing was these dogs. And so that's how they originated. And I think it was in like the 1897 was when the first standard of the breed was recognized. And they were in 1903 was the original kennel club in which they moved to. Mm-hmm. That AKC standards, uh-huh. they want them to be around the dogs 18 to 20 inches, you know, approximately. Mm-hmm. The females 17 to 19 inches. Um, they want them to have a straight top line, uh, sloping shoulders, their tails cannot be curled up around their backs. Um, see what else? Their head needs to be broad, curved between the ears. You don't want teeny tiny ears, nor do you want bat ears, more like a medium ear set. Mm-hmm. Strong in the loin, uh, muscular neck, medium. Um, their bite needs to be a scissor bite with good strong teeth. Their eyes are supposed to be oval and dark brown. Their shoulders, I think is where they're lacking right now is what they're fighting Mm -hmm. is a nice forearm that has become short. Okay. And so they're trying to get that lengthened out. Um, One of the things that's lacking that, and I don't even know how that, I guess, just evolves over time, you Mm -hmm. know. Okay, shoulders, you know, strong, sloping, muscular, mm-hmm. broad. The croup is rather long and sloping. Their feet are supposed to be, like, cat-like. And they want the tail set to be moderately low. They don't want the tail docked. I don't, you know, you see that sometimes. And mm-hmm. The non-registered cattle dogs, that they dock the tail, that's, you know, a big fault in the AKC, which they need their tail as a rudder, it helps them with balance. Mm-hmm. Um, the coat is smooth. Um, you know, they have red or blue with some tan points or the black masks on the, the blue dogs. Um, there's not supposed to be, which you see them now, people advertising chocolates or lavenders or minis. Right. And all those three things really are not recognized. It's more of a fault, actually. Right. If it's a mini, it's just because it's too little. <laughs> but there's not necessarily a breed or, you know, mm-hmm. of minis. And when people call me and want a mini, I'm like, no, and I will never have those because that's not within the breed standard. And my goal is to improve, not to take away. And I think if you breed minis, you're going to be taking away from the function of the dog mm-hmm. and I always tell them that's just my opinion I'm sure you can find them but they won't never be here <laughs> right right in other breeds you'll get breeders and handlers that will swear there's a difference um, but is there a difference between the reds and the blues as far as their temperaments are concerned or I don't think so yeah other than color <laughs> it, you know I don't see any difference mm-hmm. I mean if they're all 
given training on equals, obedience, and all that, they're the same. Their their temperament. You know, you hear that red's a more savage fighter or blues are a more savage, you know, mm -hmm. but I think they're equal. It's individually yeah. dog-based, not color. Is it a, uh, a, a fault to, to breed a blue to a red? No. No. Okay. No. You can breed a blue to a red and you'll get a red you know, reds and blues in your litter. Uh -huh. um, I have one blue dog bitch that I've been breeding and she's never had a red, even though her parents, one of her parents was red, she's never had a red pup. Mm. Okay. So what I want, number one, temperament. Mm -hmm. I want a good temperament with natural herding instinct. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, like I took a pup out there and you could tell she had that natural instinct. Mm -hmm. She knew where I wanted. I mean, it's just, it's so weird. It's like they know what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And they go in there naturally and want to work this cow. And so, you know, that's what I like to see. I like to see that natural instinct in which we can build on. Because if they are not naturally want to work cows, I don't think... Anything you can do to, will make them want to. They have to naturally have that instinct. Mm -hmm. Now, you can build upon that and make it better, you know, where they uh, know what you're wanting to do and guide them to where you're wanting to put those cows. But if they don't have that natural instinct, it sure is hard to instill that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my goal, and to have good confirmation, a good head, a nice bite, you mm -hmm. know, um, a long sweeping gate that helps them work tirelessly, you know, mm -hmm. that they don't get tired working because their body is made to work. Mm -hmm. So you don't want something that is too big and too non-athletic. I like a medium dog, medium build, um, that's athletic, mm -hmm. that after they herd, you know, you can throw the Fisbee, they can go do dock diving. They could do obedience. The well-rounded dog is what I like. Mm -hmm. And do you partake in any, uh, any activities? Besides we just heard, you just we just heard at home. We do play Frisbee with them because of where we live mm -hmm. makes it very difficult to do other things because anything that like, I would love to do dock diving and I know my dogs would just love it and would really exceed at it or even like the fast cat stuff. But we live so far out mm -hmm. and then COVID hit, you know, right when we were going to go to Cheyenne and do some things and then everything is shut down. Yeah. So basically all we've been able to do, my grandson, when there's, when we have puppies, he sets up an obstacle course. He takes them through the tunnels and over the teeter totters and, through everything and they're just brave brave puppies and nothing really you know scares them or deters us they they are just and when they leave here we have gotten such good feedback about that you know they're socialized to kids they're socialized to cats they're socialized to chickens to cows pretty much anything horses and they've really excelled in everything that they've done mm -hmm. we have some that some people are going to be doing the dock diving and obedience trials and the different things because they live in a 
populated area where they don't have to drive 150 miles one way just to do something, you know? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Location is a big deterrent here for us to do some of those things, but it doesn't take away from the ability of the dogs, I assure them. <laughs> I do know of a couple of service dogs uh-huh. that they are using the cattle dogs for. Um, I sold one that went to a police officer that they were going to use for a police dog. Um, I know that they're able to do lots of different lots of different things and it's just finding that person that you know wants to take them down that road um Mm -hmm. so they're they're able to do they're able to work sheep um you know a a cattle dog's bite is sometimes pretty strong though and Mm -hmm. so you just have to match one of those that maybe isn't quite as strong biter on sheep or ducks Uh but but it is possible i mean but they're also you know, you have some of them big, those guys that are working them bulls, but them bulls are mean and tough. And, you know, some of them other dogs, they don't have the courage to go in there and work those kind where mm. those Australian cattle dogs, they don't back down. And so it's just to find the right dog for the right person, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For the right job. I mean, and sometimes you can tell that when they're here as puppies and I try to match them up. I had just placed one in a home where the guy works at a cell barn and he needed something that would had a lot of grit you know Mm -hmm. and so i could tell which puppy i would you know if it was me that i would choose and that's the one he chose and just last week he's like man i could see why you need this insurance he doesn't back down from nothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) nothing and i said yeah he that's how he was you know as soon as he saw it, his eyes were open. He was the first one out of the whelping box. He was the first one, you know, to guard the food. He was, that was his. And he was the first one biting their little legs, the, his litter mates. And, you know, his mother would be walking and he'd grab her leg. And I said, he was the one that was just very, very outgoing and kind of rough. So mm-hmm. that's where he need, That's where he needed to go. He wasn't need, need to go to, you know, the local daycare where those little kids were going to get hurted all day. Right, right. Interview them and find out what are they looking for. I mean, if they're wanting some lap dog, not that they can't be, um, you know, this is probably not the breed for you right now because they do require a lot of exercise, not just physical, but mental exercise for them to really excel. They need something to do, whether it's frisbee or jogging or you know, pulling a cart, whatever, they need something to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, that dog that my husband got for my daughter that was chasing everything and they were going to put down, when he'd, you know, try to work his cows or whatever, she would get loose, and so he tied her to a, a truck tire mm-hmm. while he was working him. Well, the next thing you know, here comes the truck tire out in the arena with her. You know, it's like she got stronger and stronger. So then he put the cinder block in the truck tire (laughs) and then here comes the cinder block and the truck tire. And before you know it, this little skinny dog turned into this look like weightlifting dog, you know, (laughs) just this strong dog. And I mean, she was a working, I mean, she, they, they had bought her out of a pet store. Actually, she had a dog tail and you know, they had spayed her and, which my husband, he was like, man, I wish I could have got a pup out of her because she was just awesome. Right. When he'd sent her in there, 
I mean, if she had to, she'd jump up on the backs of those roping steers, get down in there where one wasn't going, you know, and she'd get them moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I seen her hang on to their tail and they were running and she, her, her feet weren't even on the ground, but she was not letting go. <laughs> wow. That's when my husband was sold on them. He was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And when she died and this friend of ours got this big canvas made of her because she knew we just loved that dog. Oh, and that's awesome. My husband's like, you're not putting that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put that up. Then when I told him I was going to try to find another one, he was like, yeah. So it took a while, you know, and then when I brought that pup home and that I found and brought him home and, you know, within a week, this little eight week old puppy knew sit, stay, lay down, crawl back up, you know, and he's like, now what are you going to teach him? <laughs> like, I don't know, we'll have to figure something else out, but just the, the intelligence and, you know, they mm-hmm. want to be with you and just great. I, for me, they're just great dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last litter, it was almost like instantaneous. I mean, mm-hmm. this my grandson named her Ears Up, and her ears were the first one. Mm-hmm. But she just was so intent mm-hmm. on looking at you and following your moves and never faltered. No matter what the rest of the litter was, she was always there looking at you for you to have her do something Mm -hmm. and so anyway she is turning out to be a really she's about about eight nine months old now and she is really turning out to be a very exceptional exceptional dog and um told my grandson because he had picked her out too you know he's only he was only five Mm. and i said you know cameron that's the same one i got and i mean he I have to tell you, the first litter that we had out of him, he just loves them. He calls them his little crocodiles. <laughs> and uh, we were out there playing with them, and he goes, Grandma, I'm going to have a sleepover with them. I said, huh? He goes, yeah, I'm going to go get my sleeping bag, and I'm going to sleep out here with them. And I said, well, I thought you were afraid of the dark. And he said, not with them, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I guess you got a point there. But he absolutely loves them, and he spends, I mean, you have to make him come in, you know. Mm-hmm. No, you got to come in. They're, they're okay outside, you know, because they do live outside, and they have heated dog houses, or if it's real cold, they're in the garage in a heated kennels in there, but they're made to be outside. Mm-hmm. And I do have one that comes inside and I tried to keep the other one but they just hate it they don't want to be inside they don't like it they're it's like they're claustrophobic you know they right. don't but my male he he doesn't want to be outside he wants to come in at night and so he comes in at night and stays in the house with us and the other ones you try to get in they're like no they're just like almost like this you know pacing and Mm-hmm. winding at the door and i'm like you know it's 40 below outside you need to stay in so anyway we have a great big kennel set up in our garage that's heated because we do get cold oh i'm sure and so you know i'll put them in there and they're a little bit better in there but they just do not like it in the house at all mm-hmm. i think the biggest health concern from what i have read and dealt with luckily mine have been all tested you know good for this stuff but i had a lady come and get a puppy for me who her dog went blind 
from, uh, I think it was PRA her dog had. And I think the PRA and the uh, PRA RCD4 and the PLL, which is, those are the all the eye, genetic eye diseases that they can get. I think that's the biggest thing that I see that dogs test mm-hmm. either as a carrier or they have that mm-hmm. uh, is the biggest thing. Um, they're also susceptible, you know, to hip dysplasia, the elbow dysplasia, um, those types of things as well. But I think, and of course, the deafness. All my puppies go and get their hearing tested at a bear, you know, testing facility where they test their hearing before they go home. Because mm-hmm. um, even though the sire and the, the the bitch tested good. That doesn't mean that somewhere down the line you could have a deaf puppy. So yeah. that way I test all my puppies before they leave. Mm-hmm. And so far, so good. We haven't had any any deaf ones. They've all been good, um, which is a good thing. But, and the, I was really worried when I took my male dog for his hips, you know, that they would be bad just because he does not protect himself at all. He will jump six foot fences. He will crawl, crawl over six foot fences. One day his frisbee landed on the garage roof and there was a panel up against it. He tried to crawl the panel and get up on the roof hmm. to get his frisbee. He's crawled trees before. Um, I have a video where he called, crawled the tree and he'll jump up flat footed. You know, when I have a round bell of hay on the tractor, he'll jump up on that bay. Bella hay and ride it out to the pasture and he just is he does not take care of himself um i do have him on joint um supplements because of that because i worry about and you know just i think environmental has as much to do with hips as does genetics Mm -hmm. and i think so i was more worried about the environmental aspect of it not the genetics but he came back good and um you know, is a negative on every single one of his tests that we've done. And my female, she was a carrier of the PRA. So, and, you know, they said when I was speaking with my vet and a bunch of the geneticists, they're like, don't, because she has everything else you want, temperament. She's, you know, built strong and just a really nice dog. Don't discard her from your genetic breeding because, the breeding pool is so small already that they don't recommend doing that if they have everything. He says that's the whole reason why you test so that you don't breed somebody that maybe has it or a carrier to a carrier. In this particular case, you have to have two uh, of the genes, you know, or two copies to actually have the disease so it's really not nothing to worry about so Mm -hmm. i'm like okay so we did breed her in i haven't really had any problems and if somebody wants a breeding puppy i'll go ahead and test the puppies before they get one that way they know if they had their male well their male dog was a carrier so they for sure didn't want a carrier and so we just went ahead and tested all the females so to know that the female that she chose which was clear of everything so it worked out so I think you just have to be informed. Right. Definitely. And they really don't have a lot compared to a lot of other breeds. They're pretty healthy. If, other than the eyes 
and the hearing, I think, is the two main things that are really need to be checked. Mm-hmm. It's my job to teach them that that's not acceptable behavior, mm-hmm. even though that's their nature. And I've let my peacocks out. They don't bother them. They don't bother my chickens. You know, they just they just don't. Um, the biggest thing they do sometimes when we're working horses in the round pen, they'll chase on the outside of the round pen. So we'll have to get them and tie them up and, you know, no, you can't try to heal our horse or chase our horse. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just training, obedience training. And a lot of times, like my husband, and I'll tell him, you know, watch that dog when you go catch those horses and lead them up. If you pay attention and you tell him no, we'll go lay down just like the female. They'll go lay down. But they're always watching. But it's my job to catch them before they do something wrong to correct it. Because mm-hmm. after they do something wrong, it's usually too late. <laughs> but if you can catch them before they do it, you know, mm-hmm. then they learn a whole lot better that way. And, and you're not getting mad at them because you caught them before they did something wrong. Mm-hmm. I think the cattle dogs are a lot tougher. Their bite is a lot more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um if you wanted something to be quiet and sneak up, I think the border collie would be better mm-hmm. because they're just, you know, I, I'm not saying they can't, they're not as like, they don't get on their bellies as much and crawl. They more like stand up and creep and they're um, way, way, I think more aggressive, way mm-hmm. more aggressive. You're, I think your um, cattle dogs are really good, like alley dogs and, they're not so much, you know, they don't go to the head so much because they're healers, but so they're more drivers. And like, I'm not saying my dog has not done it, been able to send them in front of the cows and bring them back around the other way instead of getting behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just training. But I think naturally they would rather be behind them and push them than at the head. Mm-hmm. And the border collies is a little more quieter as they go in and push, um, is where I feel that the border collie is. Mm-hmm. They're a little softer too. Like you cannot yell at the border collie. You will hurt their feelings. And mm-hmm. They're just, they're, they're more mentally soft than the healers are. Mm-hmm. They shed about twice a year and they shed pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, I give mine the um, salmon oil and it does seem, and if you brush them out, it does seem to help, but they do shed. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any uh, skin issues or anything like that? No. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing I like about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't had any allergy issues, no eye issues, no itchy issues, mm-hmm. no, you know, just nothing. I don't even have, of course, and I don't know what it is, but I have never had fleas here. I've never had ticks here. Mm-hmm. So that's always a good thing. Right. And can you talk a little bit about your diet? What what do you like to feed your cattle dog, and what do they do best on? Um, I used to feed, and I don't know if you can say, but I've used I used to feed one hundred percent Purina Pro Plan, mm-hmm. um, and did good. Um, I had a friend of mine give me some of the Sport Mix, which they just had a recall. Mm-hmm. They had won it at a, a herding trial. They gave me some of that to try. My dogs did great on that as well. Um, and then I went to Paw Tree. 
I don't know if you've ever heard of pottery. But a friend of mine, she's a groomer in North Dakota. She's like, you really should try this. This is great food, veterinarian approved, developed, all this. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm doing good with Karina. I haven't had any problems. And she's like, well, just try it. So she sent me this stuff to try. So I tried it. Well, I really do like it. They have quite a few different formulas that you can get. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it's like a, um, oh, what do you call it, direct marketing type company. Mm-hmm. And I'm really not into those for much. That's why I was like, no, I won't try it. Well, anyway, I did try it. My dogs did great on this food. I mean, Zip, when I put his joint medication in he would never eat it, so I'd always have to boil liver and then grind it up, mix it up, so he would eat it. And this, I don't. I just mix it in there, put a little bit of their um, salmon oil on there, and they have this stuff. It's like uh, uh, spices, like it would be for people, but it's their topping mixes, and they have different ones. And he really likes the duck topping mix. And so I just sprinkle a little bit of that duck stuff up on his feet. I mean, he doesn't leave one kibble left. He eats it all. Mm-hmm. And he is a really finicky eater. He doesn't eat table scraps. Like, you could have given him a steak and he wasn't going to eat it. You know, he just is kind of a finicky eater. And, mm-hmm. But he loves that. And he cleans it all up, even with his joint medication in it. So, I've went to feeding that and they're doing great. You feed less, they poop less, mm-hmm. they're full, they're, their hair looks good. They don't seem to shed as much. So haven't had any trouble with it, so I figure, well, I'll just stay with this for a while until I do because they're doing great on it. Mm-hmm. And when you order it, like if you order the extra large part that they have, I was kind of shocked at first because, you know, it's like 32 pounds or 33 pounds. Well, they send it in 10-pound-plus bags, three of them. And I'm like, at first, I'm like, what the heck? And then... I got to be able to just carry those little 10 pound bags was kind of nice instead of carrying around a 50 pound bag. Right. They have a bunch of different like gastro plush, you know, you sprinkle some of that on their food if they're having some tummy problems. Mm -hmm. And anytime I send my puppies home, I usually give them five of those and you just sprinkle half of it on their feed. And I don't care how good they are going to new homes and leaving your litter mates is kind of stressful. Yeah. So they can get some little tummy issues and this just kind of helps them get over that tummy stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, and just sprinkle a little bit on their food and they do great. And they had some, um, pottery had some, um, over Christmas type thing. They had some educational programs and they had all these different vets come on and it was an all day thing. And it was, talking about different things within the industry, you know, dogs and stuff. And they had all these top-notch vets talking about all these problems. And it was really an informative thing. I mean, really informative. Mm -hmm. And so I really enjoyed that part, too, that they give back and have a lot of educational-type programs that you can learn from. like the no grain stuff and all that. They had vets talking about that and how that affected them. And it was just a nice learning experience with them. So yeah, definitely. uh, First thing we do is water and feed them in the mornings. And then we get them out and depending on the day, you know, who gets to go and 
if we're my husband ropes you know he'll use a couple of usually you use your older dog and he'll teach your pups you know um, which is really nice mm -hmm. and um my grandson comes home he does obedience and he tries to do he loves doing the obstacle course he's always trying to figure out something else new for him to do <laughs> jump on this barrel and walk across the plank <laughs> he's always doing stuff with them but a lot of times they just you know help do chores and uh, ride on the ranger with us to check and do chores when we feed horses we feed off a big trailer we have lots and lots of horses and so you know zip he'll either ride on the round bell out there and a couple of the females will ride on the trailer and basically they keep the horses from jumping up on the trailer you know they mm -hmm. they know hey don't come over here he'll bite my nose you know? mm -hmm. so they they get to do all kinds of stuff we try to make sure their exercise a lot of times you know when we go on the ranger they just run with us and to get their exercise the biggest thing is you got to keep them exercised and busy mm -hmm. <laughs> whether it's frisbee or you know the flirt pole or what balls i mean they just they really like doing something mm -hmm. oh yeah and i probably ever said that you know i've, I've lived on a ranch my whole life mm -hmm. so i see these people and i'm not i'm not saying what they're doing is wrong mm -hmm. but that they take weeks off of work to stay with these females and they sleep in there with them and all this and i'm like you know, even on horses or whatever, if my horse, my mare, is not a good mama, I'm going to get rid of her because mm -hmm. that's going to transfer down to her faults. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like that's with my dogs. I mean, I'm there when she whelps, but I don't have to stay in there the whole time. I mean, mm -hmm. she's a good mama. She's going to take care of her puppies, and mm -hmm. she's going to make sure she doesn't lay on them usually. I have hog rails, and I have the whelping box, and the heat and all that and i check on them you know i have cameras so i can watch them but i've never had any problems with these mamas they mm -hmm. just want to be mamas they're good mamas and if they're not i'm not going to breed them again mm -hmm. and they probably learn to be good mamas from their mama you know um like i said i've had a mayor couple of them that were terrible mothers terrible like one had her full and took off and left just left it out there wow. and we had to go find it well she was a lease mare and the guy that we got he said oh yeah she always does that and i'm like well i don't want her next year <laughs> she always does that <laughs> because that's not a normal thing you know i have another mare out there when she has a baby you better stay away because she's going to either bite you or kick you for the first three days and then after that, she's fine. It's just her mother instincts is I'm protecting this baby, mm -hmm. you know, and I would rather have one like that than one that just leaves it and could care less where it's at or if it's alive or dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's really hard, I think, to find good information on this breed. I've asked, do you guys have a magazine that goes out with your stud dogs in it? Or, mm -hmm. you know, you just... They have a little bit, but I think also COVID has had a big impact. And I think they have good dogs, you know. I've seen some good dogs in Brazil. I've seen some good dogs, obviously, in Australia. Um, Poland, I've seen some in Russia. So I think they're pretty well out there um, 
Turkey had some that mm-hmm. I've seen that were nice. Um, and there's nice dogs in the United States, too. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's getting the, trying to get the information has been rather difficult right. of where the breeders are and, um, you know, how to find the good dogs, how to get into the good dogs, how to um, even know, I mean, because there's a lot of bad as well as good, but usually you can find the bad easier sometimes it seems like than the good. Mm-hmm. Are you involved with the breed club? Um, I just joined one of them, but I've heard absolutely nothing from them. Wow. Nothing. And I was last year and I thought, well, maybe we'll get a publication, a newsletter, something, nothing, not mm-hmm. a thing other than the codes for your discounts. That's all I've gotten. So I was a little disappointed in that. Right. And I don't, like I said, I don't know if COVID doesn't have a big part of that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just assuming that's probably what it is. And then the other one, I think it was Australian Cattle Dog United or something is the one I've heard. The other one I was going to join and one of the ladies that was a judge or something told me that it was very political and they only let you join if they, you know, just very political. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't even tried to join that one yet. So, but I I do plan on it because I think all the information you can get and the, and be a part of that is betterment for my breeding program. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you researched this breed? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever been around an Australian cattle dog? Mm-hmm. Um, are you prepared for the bites on your heels? Are you prepared for the bites on your feet? Um, do you know how to um, teach them not to bite you? I mean, basically, it's just redirection. You want to redirect them to, you know, a toy. Mm-hmm. Um, the flirt pole is what we did or the broom. They learned they could play the broom when we did, you know, and then they did that, not the kids. So we didn't, I mean, I think you really have to educate yourself on this breed. Mm -hmm. Um, Their exercise requirements, their mental requirements, Mm -hmm. they're technically not an apartment dog. That being said, I do know people that do have them in apartments and they do fine, Mm -hmm. but, um, you just really have to research this breed. Um, do you have little kids? Are you aware that they're going to bite at your children? That doesn't mean they're being bad. It's just their nature. That's their breeding. Mm-hmm. And so I always try to find out, you know, how many kids they have. Have they researched it? Have they been around them? Are you aware of what their temperaments can be like? Um, so those are the red flags. I mean, if they tell me, no, they've never had one, they just seen it on TV or they watch the Bluey commercial or cartoon, you know, I'm like, you really need to get with somebody who has these and spend some time with them and see what these dogs are about. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you see them, I see them all the time and I just can't believe it. Cause I just think they're the most best dogs ever, you mm-hmm. know, that are in, uh, shelters or rescues and i'm like what (laughs) you know why well this dog did this and this and this i'm like oh my goodness that's you know your responsibility to teach them not to do those things Mm -hmm. you know so that's that's the big thing and i'm always 
I always tell them, I'm always here to help you. I do, and if I don't know the answer, we can try to find out who does, because I think that's the biggest thing, knowing where to find your resources to help if you have trouble. Usually if you don't, ha- if they're not having trouble, you don't hear from people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just when there is a problem, do you hear from them? Right. I do hear from my people all the time about how much they love them, though, and I just love it when they send me pictures and, <laughs> you know, how good their dogs are. <laughs> that's awesome. We, we try to do some of the puppy culture with them when they're born. And I do think that helps tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, when we take them to the vet and they do their bare hair test, she always says how wonderful they are and how great they are. And she, you know, typically wasn't a cattle dog lover, but you know, mm-hmm. she just loves how well behaved mine were. And we took them to get their hips x-rayed stuff, how they never growled at her. They just, you know, they were a little scared at what they were doing because they had no idea, but that they were very cooperative and mm. just good, behaved. So those are things I like to hear. But like I said, I think most of it's my job to teach them. And mm. so owners, I want them to be aware. The biggest thing they can do for their puppy, obedience training as soon as they get home. Mm-hmm. Start obedience training mm-hmm. because you're going to need it. Uh but how important is, is, is health testing? For Very you? important, mm-hmm. especially. I mean, even if you're not going to breed them, if you buy from a breeder, you know, ask for health testing. You don't want to get a dog home and in two years they're blind. Um, mm-hmm. Or if, if that's your choice, if you know it's, it's going to be your choice, you it's okay with you, at least you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't bring my dogs without health testing. Um, because a lot of time, money, heart goes into these dogs. Mm-hmm. You don't want to spend all this time and heart within two years and the dog that you knew what you wanted to do is blind mm-hmm. or they're deaf or they're having seizures or they have urinary problems or, you know, muscle problems or whatever. You want to know that you're going to, that doesn't mean that something won't never happen. It just knows mm-hmm. that genetically they're clear. Right. 